Time now for sports on 104.7 The Cave. Here's Ned Reynolds. Mike, the intern, Ned Reynolds, making it through the work week. So yesterday in his press conference, Coach Andy Reid made the mention of the first-team starters actually playing for a quarter. What do you think about that? Well, he also amended that to say maybe much of the first half. That's what I, I see. But again, I, it's it's like we've said all season and what we've said for the last, what, six years? When Coach Andy Reid's in the preseason, he'll do what he has to do until he sees what he wants to see, done. That's what I'm about to say is that uh, believe that when you see it. If he sees that this team is playing well and gelling, especially the offensive line, they're out of there. They're going to waste them even though at the end of this game, at the end of the Chiefs-Vikings game on Friday night, Kansas City will have 16 days without competition. Now, what they will probably do is, and I'm guessing this, they'll certainly have inner squad scrimmages, of course. That's part of their drills. But they may hook up with another team, maybe just just out of curiosity, maybe the Chicago Bears or somebody like that, and have an inter squad scrimmage. That occurs during the training. I think they're allowed to do that. 16 days is a long time. It is a long time. You don't hear about that happening. That I mean, back in the day, it used to happen all the time. Like, that was normal. But do you think that's going to happen this time around with the whole three game preseason maybe more if they go chop it down to two games well yeah but i mean if in that 16 day period that'd be pretty cool for fans to see in st joe if they could go up and see uh you know inter squad i don't think that's going to happen because there is a of course they're they're paying to be up at st joe oh, yeah. they're paying missouri western they want to cut down on the, that payment as much as they can but the 16 days i i must admit mike i don't know whether or not that's unprecedented i don't know whether it's ever happened before but that is a long time in between games and a time for a team to lose its rhythm that's why i think they'll probably have some scrimmages as far as tomorrow night's concerned probably at the most at the most a half for the uh, regular players minnesota's not, not a very good team they're 0 and 2 going into this contest so I think it'll be a fascinating game. I'm I'm interested to see how many folks show up. It's going to oh, be warm. Oh, it's going to be packed. You it's so? it's Arrowhead, baby. Oh for, yeah, for an exhibition. Game? Yeah, 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 I yeah, dude. It, I mean, you're going to have the people that have stuff going on, but I mean, it's a Friday night. It's not going to be. I mean, it, it's it's still going to be warm, but it's going to be cooling down a little bit. We won't be under a heat advisory anymore. I can tell you right now, if I was. If I didn't have a one-year-old at home, I'd be making the trip tomorrow uh, but, night. Now, advance by maybe uh, 13, 14, 15 years in which your one-year-old is playing high school football. Yeah. How many of these? very true. It's Missouri high school that's football. That's true, too. I mean, hey, maybe you can make it a double. Uh, <laughs> so, um, Patriots trade. I saw that pop up on my feed yesterday. I was kind of uh, intrigued about that trade with the Rams. What do you think? You know, I never put anything past Belichick. He is a really astute. He's he not necessarily a warm person, and the media might not like him because of the interviews that he gives. They're rather terse. But the fact is, this man is very bright and very intuitive as far as uh, the football, as far as the forming of teams is concerned. The deal is Sony Michel, who was his top running back for three years, was ready to start his fourth year with the uh, Patriots, traded him to the Los Angeles Rams for a couple of draft choices next year. Well, the Rams needed running backs. They are really down. They're down to their second team running back as their starter. So they needed they needed help back there. They lost their number one guy for the season with an Achilles uh, tendon tear. It tells me two things. Number one, the Rams need that help. That's number one. And number two, it tells me that Bill Belichick sees Sony Michel in a very fine runner, 
had all those hits at Georgia mm-hmm. and has had three years of hits for the Patriots. He's on his fourth year. This is the time, and maybe we better get something for him while we can. Yeah, the downward slide definitely starts uh, with some running backs around year four. You were right on the money. Speaking of the downward slide in their or her latest, uh, at least the last major contest she had, we had this discussion about you think this is it for Serena, and it and and I think we both agreed that you know it, it. She what an incredible career, but at a certain point, it's just so hard to keep up with that competition. You think she's at that point? I'm afraid she is. Yes, she's a six-time champion of the U.S. Open. She pulled out yesterday because of a hamstring. The last time, well, she pulled out of Wimbledon because of an injury. These injuries, yeah, forty years old is not old, but that's where she is. She is a, a, a strong athlete, but she doesn't have quite the quickness that she once did, nor the hand-eye you don't. That's, that's human nature. I think probably this is the, if not the beginning of the end, maybe the uh, midway point of the end. She'll probably play, uh, because she is Serena Williams, in a number of future tournaments. It's not going to be the U.S. Open. She's out of it. But you do have Australia coming up after the turn of the year into 2022 and the three others after that next year. I'll be interested to see how many she does play, but I am sorely afraid that she and Roger Federer and some of the other great names who we have seen in the past may be at the end of their careers. It's the changing of the guard, man. It really is. I'm sure you've seen plenty of this happen in tennis, but uh, you just see it, it happens in all major sports. You get the, the leaders that that just dominate for so long, and then the young bucks come out and kick you off the mountain. Not just in tennis, but in everything. In everything, <laughs> that's true. So Cardinals finally getting a win. They had to get a win. And this one, and, and I think they knew that. Cardinals led 2-1 to one for most of the game over the Detroit Tigers in a red-hot Bush Stadium yesterday. Their crowd was just over 24,000. That's pretty low for the Cardinals, but it was also very hot. Anyway, anyway, two to one in the ninth inning, Detroit finally ties it up. Two to two. You knew eventually that was going to happen. But the Cardinals win it in the tenth. That's of course when they put the runner on second base. And who comes up with the winning hit driving home that runner? The world famous Lars Newtbar. He gets now we make fun of that and all that because it is an unusual Dutch name. But he played down here. Yeah, I remember calling him up. Good player. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Southern California, USC, All-America. And uh, the guy can play. He can play the game. And he got the winning hit. That's his first walk-off hit. Anyway, the uh, Cardinals win it by a score of 3-2. to two. They eked out a win. When you take a look at the numbers in this game, Detroit out-hit the Cardinals 11-5. to five. And Detroit left. This is... This is astronomical. 18 runners on base. This is 18 runners, folks, left on base in the game, and they could only get two runs out of that. Or that those things happen. It's part of the rhythm of baseball, but the Cardinals uh, did come away with the win. They took advantage of it, and the Detroit Tigers definitely beat themselves. Something else we found out is how many people they can hold indoors at Bush, which was, what, (laughs) 24,000? Because everyone was inside in the club section uh, eating up that AC. Air (laughs) air conditioner. Or in the shade. Okay, we'll just amend that. Inside or in the shade, (laughs) 24,000. You know, I I used to say with the Chiefs, uh, just give me a season to watch. You know, I don't care if you make it to the end. I don't care. And I still kind of have that mindset. But I definitely have that mindset with the Kansas City Royals. And yesterday was a great example of that. They've got, you know, they've got nothing on the line. They've just got the regular season left. There's no way they're going to make it. But they have been giving us some great games to watch. And yesterday against the Houston Astros was no different, man. Had them beaten. 
The, uh, the Royals had Houston be. Houston's a fine team. They're going to the playoffs. Who knows? They may go to the World Series. That's, of course, a crapshoot. But here and there, the Astros and the Royals have put on some great shows. The Royals beat them three out of four in Kansas City. The Royals had already taken the game the day before in Houston. And the Royals have them beaten in this one. Well, here comes Houston back. They tie the game in the eighth, send the game into extra innings. And Houston, like the Cardinals with the Detroit Tigers, Houston wins it in the 10th, 6-5. to five. But the Royals, I'm glad you pointed that out, too. They're not going through the motions, folks. They are still playing. They're playing for next year. They are a good team. They're not a great team, but they're good. They're getting better, and the more experience they get and the more veteran leadership they get out of guys like Salvador Perez and Whit Merrifield and people like that, they're going to be a force with whom to be reckoned in the coming year. That's a, that's a prediction on August the 26th. As long <laughs> as they can keep that band together, and that's a big part of it, too, as you build... Uh, last but not least, um, you know, I, I really don't think the Cardinals have enough gas left in the tank just to make it to the playoffs. But uh, as far as their pitching staff, that's probably been one of the hardest hit things for that team this season. Uh, what's the word on their young pitcher? Yeah, Jack Flaherty, they put him on the 10-day injured list. Now, here's the way that works, folks. When you're on the 10-day injured list, that means you have to spend a minimum of 10 days. Maximum? Well, case in point is Flaherty himself, who went on the 10-day disabled list back in May with that oblique tear, and he was on it for several months. So you can stay on it for as long as is necessary, but there's a minimum of 10 days. He has a shoulder strain. I am thinking that at the end of 10 days, which will be week after next, when the Cardinals take a look at the standings, they say, are we realistically in this thing? And if the answer is no, I think they put him on the shelf for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's not worth uh, aggravating that injury. It just sucks, you know. It, it's sports. When you get a big contract like that, it just seems like something. It's it's just it's like the Madden cover. I don't know what it is, but uh, Joe Boo is real. <laughs> Joe Boo is real, Ned. That's what I'll leave you with today. Have a great Thursday. I'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir.